the Protect Your Neck Podcast. UFC 278 Breakdown with special guest co-host Eric Nixick. Picks, plays, and whatever else comes our way. Let's go to work. Hot air hangs like a dead man From a white oak tree People sitting on porches Thinking how things used to be Dark night It's a dark night Dark night It's a dark night What is up, you savages? This is the Protect Your Neck Podcast, and I'm your host, Dan Tom. Analyst is work you'd find over at MMAJunkie.com as well as the Action Network, but on this here program, the Protect Your Neck Podcast, we break down high-level MMA. That's what we're going to do here today, tonight, whenever you're listening to this. Hopefully, it's for the fight. Recording this on a Thursday on site at Extreme Couture with a long-awaited, long-overdue guest. Uh, not just a colleague, not just a coach, although he deserves uh, the utmost respect under those titles. Uh, he is also, full disclosure, a friend of mine, a, a good dude, Eric Nixick. At Eric with a C underscore X C M M A on Twitter. If you want to find him, what's up, Eric? Man, it's been long overdue, bro. I know, man. I'm excited to be on. You're out here killing the game and stuff, and uh, you know, me with my uh, my my lack of self esteem, so to speak. I just I don't, I'm like I don't want to bother people, and I know it's never a bother. I know you're gonna correct me right now, but man, I, honestly, I'm just uh, parlaying to a well, compliment because you're you're killing it, man. Not it's, only it's awesome. is it not a bother, I listen to your podcast every week. Oh man! I mean, you, 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 and like I listen to Anik and Florian. There's like, there's yes. like two guys I, I listen, listen to a lot. Podcast. Um, anything that Luke Thomas is putting yep. out. But I, you know, I want, I can't stress enough for any of you betters that are looking for insight or trying to understand how to break the game down. I always re- refer to Tan- Dan Tom on a lot of this stuff. And let's get a little deeper. There's been many a times I've called upon you early on in the careers, yes, and I've said, hey. Break this guy down for me. Let me know what you see in the tape studies because I think sometimes we get so tunnel vision in our ways that we lack or miss or don't see something that maybe an outside perspective can see. So you've always had a great eye for the sport and a guy that I've trusted and been able to call upon and break stuff down for me. Thanks, man. That, that's yeah. a huge compliment coming from yourself. And I've always stated my bias, you know. And, of course, whether you state your bias or not, um, there's always that natural bias, right? For sure. Like we're always going to kind of root for, our, for, for, for our, our guys, our for gals, sure. however you want to phrase yeah. it. And, 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 and I absolutely, you know, come come full forward with that. But, man, does it help when the people you go to bat for they go ahead and make you, you know, not look like an idiot. Yeah, and, for and sure. do everything that you've been saying because – you know, uh, of stuff that you can preach about as, you know, you further em- embrace the leadership yeah. role with that consistency, that accountability. And uh, I think that's something that we can all translate in all our beats, right? 100%. I, I think, too, the thing that makes us, our relationship ju- so genuine is that I don't expect you to pick our guys every time out. Absolutely. And right. the thing with that is, is if, if you are seeing something that's making you pick somebody else, I don't look at it as a disrespect to me or the gym or the team. I look at it as a, of a way of improvement. Oh, okay, Dan sees a lack in this area. Then that gives me an idea of what things we can work on the next time out to go and be better. You know, my dad always said that, like, I love you so much. I don't want to leave you the way that you are. Sometimes your best friends are the ones that should be the most honest with you and helping you grow. Mm. And if we don't get that from some people, right, sometimes, right. sometimes the yeah. people don't want to hurt your feelings. Yeah. No, man, it ain't about hurting my feelings. I want to win. 
So if you tell me something to improve my fighter, or if your analysis shows you something that makes you want to bet the other way, or look at that matchup and go, that guy's better there than this guy over there, right? Don't get your feelings hurt. Yeah. Fix the fucking problem. That's really applicable to to, to a lot of things, obviously, but for this podcast purposes, uh, betting just as much as it is to the much more important job of coaching these combatants getting in there, right? 100%. Uh, And and you got to be able to shake those off because anybody who does this know that there's no uh, badass, you know, uh, even the guys that are rare that are lucky enough to get out undefeated like a Khabib, not only are they outliers, but you don't think that guy had bad days at the gym or self-doubt at some point to get to where he was. Right. So, you know, these are important things. So we're going to try to take uh, as much as we can as we push forward here. Uh, and and uh, we're going to try to, uh, you know, do our do our air quotes job here. It's a fun thing to do to break down some fights. But you guys are going to have get to hear, uh, you know, me and Eric talk. It's not like a normal guest. I, I've known this guy for over a decade now. He's been here since this gym opened. I only signed up, I think, a year after this yeah. place opened yeah. in 2008. But this guy's been here, like, literally every time I come here since. <laughs> so, uh so you know we're you know getting our butt kicks a lot under this roof, yeah. and I think learning lessons in multiple ways have really really taught us a lot. So we'll do our best to parlay that for you guys uh, into a, a coherent breakdown. But first, we're gonna kind of recap last week. Usually, I might skip this part. You know, Eric's been so gracious with his time. We're we're filming here on site, which is why I'm not doing video. So apologies to you guys. Uh, I, I am getting the pieces together, but you should have seen me fumble the ball with just the basic audio setup. So let's just <laughs> let's just be glad we're getting an episode this week. This is Dan Tom we're, we're talking about here, folks. But uh, usually I would skip this part, but Eric is kind of part of the recap. He was watching along, I take it, with your tweets. Yeah. Um, you're see, hearing in a bunch of the recaps of, of many of the podcasts giving you shouts as they should. It was a very uh, a Mystic Mac-like tweet. Uh, obviously, you were calling uh, the patterns of Cruz and said, you know, not only am I going to cite this pattern, but you know what? Everybody can can point out a problem, but can you can you can you offer a solution? Tweets aren't very much to to offer much of a solution, but you did. It was a simple one, but it was mm-hmm. an effective one. Uh, obviously, Cheeto Vera has an excellent coach with uh, who mm-hmm. I want to praise, Jason Perillo. Yeah, I'm absolutely. sure you have great praise for him yep. too. Obviously, you know, uh, great minds tend to think alike. Mm-hmm. Um, but man. Uh, Talk us about what you saw. Did you did you see? Uh, obviously, you're you're just making reads honestly going in, which is I can't stress enough how crucial of a tool that is for a, a corner man or woman to have to be able to have that. So that was on full display. But what was your thoughts going into the fight though? Like, who do you think was going to win? Do you have any, any any leans? I actually had money on Dom. Okay, I, I wow. put I put money on right. Dom yeah. in the in the respect of, you know, I like the value. Right, and sometimes as betters, it's it's not necessarily like who I think. And this is you want to bet on who you think is going to win, right? Right, yeah, yeah. But ultimately, I think when you look at a price point and you look at Dom at a two to one underdog or, or just shy of that, right. um, I th- I thought there was a lot of value there, and I thought Dom's elusiveness and his footwork can be tricky at times to catch reads and pick up on. So I, I, you and I do this quite a bit, and I think w- when when I'm at home and I don't have anything going on and I'm watching the fights. I try to live tweet a little bit more from a coaching perspective, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Maybe give a little analysis of maybe the things that I'm seeing or the things that I'm picking up on. And it just really was uh, the timing of the tweet to the proximity of when the kick happened. I think in a lot of ways it made it go, oh, shit. You know, but that, that read was there, and I, I think he was doing it quite a bit, and it was a pattern that I think a lot of us were picking up on. Uh-huh. The thing that, he, that Dom was doing – um, we actually in our gym we call it a brow. It's from Dwayne Ludwig. Yeah. It's a brow step where he was he was throwing a right cross and stepping through and rolling a left hook and basically standing like rolling a left overhand if you yeah. will. 
But the problem with it was was Dom was exiting over at a at a perpendicular angle with his right hand in his hip pocket. So the exit hook was giving this big gap between his right hand and and his right ear essentially. And a good way to shut that down is just throw something up that midline or that left kick side. Yeah. So that was really the read. And and I think um, you know obviously Jason and a lot of those guys they probably saw that in their tape study as well. Sure. Is that movement pattern? Yeah. And which way does he continue to, to to exit? Now, if you actually go back on Chris Curtis's fight versus Jack Hermanson, again, Chris Curtis being a natural southpaw, Hermanson being yeah. an orthodox fighter, Hermanson kept exiting that same pattern, that same route. Mm-hmm. So when Chris would get him back to the cage, I said, he's waiting for you to throw that cross just so he can hard exit. Don't be afraid to show him the cross, make him feel as if the exit is there, but put the same side head kick behind it. That'll close that door. So what you saw in Cheeto's fight, if I remember correctly, he threw a flick jab, Mm -hmm. right? But he used his left hand to occupy the space and then throw the kick behind it. The tell is a lot of guys, they tend to throw their hand down, the hand to the hip to generate more power for the kick to come through. It's great in Muay Thai or things like that, but remember in MMA, you're trying to disguise every little option that you have coming at you. Mm -hmm. So if I throw a jab, but I show you something to occupy your eye line, maybe I'm not throwing a cross at you, but I'm trying to slide your head in a certain direction. We're not throwing punches, we're placing them. So I'm placing a punch inside your ear to make you feel as if you're slipping. Meanwhile, I have the shin bone coming up through that left side, right? And then where the proximity of the cage was, Dom had no exit. The only way he could exit was essentially into the kick. That's now that's a great read. I love I, I love the uh, the analogy and the examples you put in there. I wonder as you're talking about this, I wonder movement patterns seem. And you, you you've got some strengths obviously, but mm-hmm. I definitely think one of your strengths, not crazy to say, is movement patterns. And it's definitely not crazy to say is people who don't know your background. Not only is it so much you have like coaching people in your blood but your experience and your family experience also is football correct and football is a ton of movement and patterns and i feel like that maybe is one of the more um underrated transferable things now for me i'm not a football guy but the one thing i love about football if i wanted one job it would be a a defensive or offensive coordinator because i just think it's the coolest freaking jobs uh you know it's strategizing and kind of stuff we're talking about now and you know, I don't bring this to one up because I'm going to parlay it to a a, a, a grander point. Something we we're actually talking about at the beginning of this podcast was um, I, I, your boy here had a switch uh, a switch kick call, but to the body for the mm-hmm. Brandon Moreno Kaikara France fight. There you go. Now I, I had it in my breakdown, so I can't say that it was a live read because I actually made this um, call in my breakdown because I think I, I actually saw it happening before the first time they met. That 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 fight was of course a rematch, but. Um, people ask, well, well, why do you see the body kick? I'm like, well, whether he's crouching, dipping, uh, fading, uh, sidestepping, evading, all these different definitions and purposes uh, for tactics mm-hmm. that we can label them, all the different things, we're splitting hairs on all those different things, but he tends to go right more often, right hard, and he, that's just for a guy who already spams and, and really has a good feel for Moreno, I, I suspect he's like th- there's right-handed southpaws. Like mm-hmm. I've talked to Chris Curtis, I'm like mm-hmm. you're right-handed southpaw, aren't you? He's like, how'd you know? I'm like, exactly. Cause I want two motherfuckers. Yeah, seen but it. sometimes I wonder if there's le- maybe even more rare. There's left-handed orthodox fighters. I, I I agree with that. I can see that. 
You know, they you know? just got to trained out from school, yeah. from writing. Not just the martial arts typical train out where we don't like southpaws, but yeah. even in school and stuff, right? Yeah, no, I agree. And I, and I think that the way that the game is evolving, you have to be able mm-hmm. to hit just as well from both stances. But most importantly, you have to be able to defend from both stances. Yes, yeah. That's something I'm really getting tested to now. I'm trying to give guys um, orthodox looks in the program I am, mm-hmm. but I'm naturally a southpaw. And even though... I'm very proud of how capable I can be from both stances. Uh, at the end of the day, I can't bullshit myself when I got paired up with the with the big football player guy mm-hmm. who swings 300 pounds. Mm-hmm. I'm going southpaw because I need all the defense I can possible, right, right. all that comfortability. Yeah. But back to the Moreno note, it actually made me think of a previous call. No, we're not just going to suck each other's dicks here. We're going to move on with the recap, <laughs> folks. But um, this was really apropos when, when you were working with Uriah Hall against yeah. Christoph Yatko. Yeah. And and that seemed like people were like, oh, yeah, that, that crazy comeback. Well, yes, it was everything you remembered. But one thing you probably missed if you go back, in the corner, you were sp- giving him specific direction. Not just, And don't be wrong, at that point, mm-hmm. uh, I don't blame any coaches for going cheerleader or whatever, but you were giving him specific directions. And you'll hear Eric go, he's fading to this direction to his left. Mm-hmm. You can cut it off with your right. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't just Hall you know, spamming a right hand. Like There was... There was something to that, and I remember seeing that, and I was, and that, that's kind of where I first picked up, and and I took that from you actually, Eric, and I've really just paid attention from then on actually. So, that's awesome. So bringing it back full circle to that directionality of Dom, and yeah, and, and, and you know that, that's one of my favorite moments, kind of of a comeback that I've ever had in my career, just because the magnitude of the first round that Uriah had, it was a 10-8. He got 10-8 that round, and the whole camp we emphasized that you're going to have to walk through some fire in this fight. Mm-hmm. We knew that, but I was like, if we can get through that fire, I'm telling you, you're going to find an opening, and it will be there. And then as the round progressed in round one, we saw the opening there. Obviously, we were on the ground quite a bit, but it was, it, right. was, it was a split second of a read, and I knew we had something, but you just had to believe in it. Credit to Uriah being the athlete that he is. He saw the hole, and he, and he tore through it. Absolutely, man. That, 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 was a, that was a classic right there, definitely. But, yes, the directionality is definitely important. And and finishing up on Cruz and Vera, I don't blame you. You weren't that crazy. I mean, I, I felt pretty strongly toward Vera when the matchup was first announced. But after my research, um, I felt I respected Dom's side so much that I didn't have him any parlays. I didn't have him straight up. I just took the sprinkles for uh, Vera around three, uh, four, and five. You know me, I like I've to do those that. point yeah. seventeen units. Like that's my, my little small shot yeah. when we play with big numbers. I remember seeing that. That was smart because I mean, obviously you can't go spamming the whole rounds or whatever. Right, you lose uh, money. You you lose money. Even 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 at that kind of sweet spot number that but I. But really you took stand a guy by. who starts off slow. Yes. And then the more he builds up, he might finish his fight. Yeah, and you just fire those those big numbers. Even yeah. Cheeto being the favorite, you were still getting you know plus fourteen round three plus eighteen hundred, which is what it actually cashed um, in round four. So I, I always like those, especially you know on those uh, you know and, and obviously Cruz is proven, so it's, it, it's not it wasn't that, but I'll especially go for it if it's like an unproven guy mm-hmm. or a guy who maybe gases. Like okay, the fight probably is going to end early, and, and you don't know which one of these two. But if it goes late, this guy's got the edge. I'll. I'll kind of take that angle, and that was all I had. So that was a nice bonus on what was probably. I'm, I, I don't know, again, I'm not sure, you know, suck my own dick here, but like it was like the, the biggest betting night I've had since uh, awesome. since Verdum beat Kane because I don't know if you that remember that fight, dog, but yeah. that was that was yeah, Mexico I, City. I, it was just one of those things where it was like Kane was, and and and, and no disrespect or whatever, obviously. Uh, 
prayers to his family, all they're going through right now. But just just as, just as far as just reference that really quick, it was crazy, right? Because everyone was like, "How could you disrespect Kane like that?" And I was like, "It's not a disrespect on Kane. It's a for Doom looks like he's in the shape of his life. He camped out in uh, Mexico City. Mexico Stayed there. City. He's there for like two months. Yeah. And me and my buddy were like, we hit the line once and like plus three fifty, and it only kept going up. We're like we went again, and then we went a third time the week of because Kane waited till fight week to go, mm-hmm. and we're like, wait, he only waited till fight week. Bah, because he, again. it was a guy that was so injury the injury prone and he missed so many dates that it was to the point where like hey UFC's pissed pressure's on like this is a date where he's got to show up no matter what mm-hmm. kind of condition he's in yeah um, and we all know none, none of these guys are ever coming in right in, in, in a full shape right right so that was a nice one but this this might have rivaled it so this this was nice we had landwehr that hit the night before I, yeah. I'm not gonna you know uh, uh, brag on this one because I knew that I was probably gonna use lose a lose a year of my life even mm-hmm. if I won the bet which I did right, I'm like right. I don't know I might have lost it. yeah uh, but like uh, this was a crazy fight just re- recap what was it like to be? What would it be like to be a, a corner for a guy like Nate Landwehr, Eric? Man, I would have a, <laughs> I would have a heart attack, you know. And I was actually on the Landwehr side just because of okay. experience and value. Again, sure, you know, threw threw a couple hundred bucks on him because I think he was plus two ninety five. Yeah, and I'm big on on David Oyama. I, sure. I'm I'm big on him, and I, and not only am I big on him, I'm big on his coaching staff Absolutely. and James Krause, his gym. Um, a lot of mutual respect. A lot of mutual respect, and I think when you look across the board with with James's style. It doesn't matter if it's Molina all the way up to Julian Marquez. I feel like their striking styles and patterns are very similar due to the pad holder. Whereas I feel like Julian Marquez should be more of a planted, sit mm-hmm. down, even Gina uh, Mazzani for that matter. Mm-hmm. But then you then like I feel like all of them try to hit pads or, or hit like James Krause hits, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and some yeah, of those styles that. really fit. It really fits Molina. Yeah. It really yeah. fits Tim Elliott, right? And it really fits Oyama for me. And mm-hmm. I and I and I, it, to my mind, when I see those movement patterns, right, I think that this kid here transcends that that ideology very very well in what they do. But I just felt like the value on Nate being being a little un, like you know weathered in that in that division. He's right. fought some of the tougher guys in the division. I wasn't super impressed with David's last outing. I thought he was fading a little bit in that fight and was able to get a finish against a guy who was moving up from 135 on short notice. Sure. So there were some things that kind of alarmed me there. Yeah. But when you when you're talking about a guy like Nate and and he had uh, he had some kill shots there in round 3. Yeah. He had some times where he could have just stayed on top. Topside half guard and and laid ground and pound and would have gotten a finish. I mean, crucifix elbows didn't even need to put a lot on him. Just keep nothing, going, man, because there was nothing left in that guy. Yeah, there was nothing left in David's tank, right? And then you see him let him back up. All right, okay, that was fun for the first one. Yeah, especially when you're on the landwear side on the bet. Yeah, and then all of a sudden he gets clipped a couple times, and then he takes him back down. And there's just yeah. up and down. And then he lets him back up. You're like holy shit, man, just win the fight. Just win the fight. Good on him. Yeah. I'm sure he won a ton of fans. Yep. If you're asking me from a coaching perspective, I would have fucking flipped the cage. I would have lost it. <laughs> get right. on top. Win the fight. Get two paychecks. Let's go home. I lose enough years of my life doing yeah. this shit. I don't need to lose yeah, more, no, bro. Come no, on. No, no. Like, you're no, no, no. Killing us. From a fan's perspective, Absolutely. bravo, man. That was fun to watch. From a better's perspective or yeah. from a coach, uh, I was I was hurting. From a technical perspective, I was glad that he did show the clinch. That was a, was a place where I thought he could get, get through. And yeah. I kind of compared him to a guy who trains here, Julian Arosa. For sure. You know, he can get caught in that first round. Yep. But if you don't knock him out in that first round, he, you're going to be A in for a war, and B, he can navigate that war better than a lot of people give him credit for. Agreed. That's a great analogy. And Julian is one of the best guys in the gym. And you see this kid, man, like he can fight. 
you know, and that Nate Nate and Julian fight was was a barn burner itself. Yeah, you know? yeah, it was a fun one. They went I, out. I, 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 I was glad I was on the right side of that one. I yep. took. I, I went with Juicy J. And I didn't bet that fight because I just was felt like too crazy to even yeah, touch. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, I love me some Juicy J, man. For sure. Uh, but but yeah, and then the last thing on that, and from a betting perspective, kind of like with that Kane example, no one was really talking about how this was a, a short notice turnaround that kind of seemed almost um, needless. You know, mm-hmm. not need. You know, I don't want to say needless because. That camp, that, that that's their thing. They know exactly what they're doing. Um, they're educated men and women over there. I'm not criticizing in that regard, but as far as if you're looking at betting odds and you're, you're mm-hmm. making them that big of a favorite off of that turnaround, right. well, well, then I got a question, right? Right. So just again, sometimes it's not even technical, folks, right? Yeah, you it's just, just value go. sometimes. Yeah. You know, sometimes not I think even... this is a lot of value on this kid, and you're okay losing a hundred bucks when you lose on like, but the 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 when you hit something like that, you know, and I think you and I yeah. both had a, uh, had four or five different dogs on this card. Nice. That all yeah, hit, it was you know? it was dog. It was Dog City. Uh, we'll see how this card turns up 78, but kind of opposite. We'll speed chess through the rest of this. I didn't watch too much of this, but it was a good fight from what I see. Uh, uh, Jasmine Haregi. I was pronouncing her name like she was Brazilian. Like, Jaragoui. So apologies in the last episode versus Lucindo, who was the Brazilian. Apparently there was an argument for her here, too. So hopefully she gets matched up well next time out. Great fight. Fun fight. Yeah, yeah fun really fight. Fun fight, yep. And then we had a... Uh, uh, as Matt Merzikhanov, of course, uh, fought Devin Clark. I know a lot of you guys were waiting on oh, Devin. <laughs> waiting on this. I so I played this for Eric just before we got on here because he didn't see it, and I just I'm just gonna play the the audio here for this because just just because it was it was quick. There's so many layers to this. Just the fact that between rounds two and three, um, you know, I, I, when you do an impersonation, first of all, folks, it's like you, you don't just do the 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 voice. You have to do the voice and say something that they would like never say, uh-huh. and that's what makes it funny, right? Yeah, yeah. But with David Clark, like I try to turn it up to ten, but like his real life David Clark is like makes you know nah. makes mine look like oh, a, yeah. a two, you know? Uh, because here, here's his David Clark here, folks. Here we go. Hey, calm down. So it, what I love there is that. Devin Clark, he's been dropped um, like four or five times at this point. Body shots, which are the worst, right? He, he's in an MMA fight in the third round, about to go to third round. That's not enough. The dude interrupts his own pain and suffering to tell his own father to be the dad to his dad. Like, yeah. Hey, hey, calm down calm here. Down. We're in the restaurant. Calm down. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> and then, and then here he almost takes out the ring card girl. But here's a, here's the part where this me and my girlfriend have been just repeating this to each other. Um, after he tells him to calm down, you'll hear <laughs> David Clark go, "Fuck that shit." <laughs> And at which point, like, he almost takes out the ring card girl. Oh, who, yeah. like, you got to imagine, like, both the ring card girl and the commission, they, they're playing rock, paper, scissors, For right, sure. with David Clark's on yeah. that apron. They're like, yeah. I am not getting up there. I don't there. get this guy. You know, if, if the girl, if, if like, she was probably hoping the fight ended in round one or two. So, 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 she, so her assignment was like, oh, fuck, got to make a path. Because you see her get behind her oh, card yeah. and scurry. And then even the commission guy is like, and, and Eric, you can speak to this. You know, even at amateur shows or series, I remember cornering and, like, I would get a little excited. And then I'll feel like Mazagati hand on my right. shoulder. You got to sit down. Son, yeah. and they're like real strict on that, yeah, right? For sure. I have a feeling they're not that very hands on with David Clark. I, I bet not. I bet not. And <laughs> you know, there's so many layers to this, right. and I think that you really have to understand what you need as a fighter in your corner. Sure. And his dad might bring an element of security, of, of enthusiasm that he wants to have there with him. And, and that, I think, to me, is the most important part. For a fighter, sometimes mm-hmm. there's guys in the corner like, why is that guy in that corner there? Yeah. And it's it's maybe it's a comfort, maybe it's a feel, maybe it's his brother who's he's sure. he's been with forever, whatever yeah. it may right. be. 
But the thing for me you have to understand, and, and I, I didn't know if it was Cody Donovan or if it was Devin Clark, but you have to kind of preempt before you go to the fight and say, look, I might need my moment with my fighter if I'm the head coach yeah. or I'm wearing the mic, that you're not overtaking that energy. Yeah. Sometimes you're trying to get your guy calm and let him breathe. Mm-hmm. But if somebody's like that yelling at you, what does that do to your energy levels? It keeps it at a 10. Right. You need that minute to be able to be calm, to understand the information, to get your breathing down, and then maybe a little bit of a spike of energy before the before you know you get back out there in round three. Now, granted, like I said, this is to each fighter, and each one might want yeah. that. You know, I had Dan Ige's dad in our corner against Mursad Bektik, and he hit it perfectly going into round three. You know, he's a master chief in the Navy SEALs. Yeah. You want to talk about yeah. one of the baddest motherfuckers on the planet, that's right. Tim Ige. So when we, it was close. It was 1-1 one, one going into three. There was information given. There was a little bit of a motivator. And then Tim Ige gave a little gem before his son got off that stool. Wow. And you saw a change in Dan's demeanor. That's where you see it really benefit, right? So each fighter is going to have their right. things and, and depict it on their own. As long as you give Cody Donovan and their coaching mm-hmm. staff the opportunity to be able to say what they need to say and make the adjustments. Because other than that, it turns into white noise, man. Yeah, yeah. Like I just uh, – and again, uh, by the way, I, I, I love Devin Clark and David Clark. He's done like uh, interviews with my guy Aaron B. And he seems just like salt of the earth human being. Devin does a lot of positive things for the community. Facts. So it, it, in no way does it – but. The, Obviously, David Clark's one of the impressions on this long here uh, standing podcast. So I had to kind of pay that off, especially because uh, he just. <laughs> I'm sorry. One last thing. He just he goes inaudible here, and that's the part where I would I, I just gotta play this last part. So. You know what? I'll. Uh, no, it's not playing right now. But but I, you know I want to finish that thought real quick before we push on and speech chest the rest of this. Is that um you know. It, it's tough because I I agree and like I didn't even realize that uh, Danny Gay's dad was in the corner. I didn't even realize who we're going to talk about here shortly. Tyson Pedro's dad is in his corner. Yeah. He sounds like a very yeah hard nosed hard nosed yep. dude yeah, as well. Yeah, and, and and so it's, that's probably a compliment to say that I didn't realize that that, that that's their dad's in their right. corner. And again, I'm not piling on uh, poor Devin here because you know from the outside it almost just looks like like. Because he's so tough. There's no question Devin's tough. That's why I, I played Devin Clark. Yeah, the one me play, too. I was I, on the same play yeah. as well. Great camp, and I'm Absolutely. with you. And I cornered against Devin. Sure, yeah, and with, with Ewan. With, yeah. with Ewan. And look, if it wasn't for his dad in the fight with Ewan, I think that he might have stopped or he might have quit. His jaw is broke yeah. down the middle. And credit to this guy. Like, man, he, he powered through the rest of that fight. And, and it was a tough fight. Right, you know, and I think having a presence like your dad in that corner can benefit. It can, it can be whatever. Right, but I think it is uh, imperative that the coaching staff and and David Clark are all on the same page of when that energy is is we need it now, right? And it's not overtaking. Right. Sure. And again, I'm just saying as as an outsider looking no, in, I totally. think I think having your dad in the corner is unbelievably great. Right. And I, I mean, shit, I'll take that dude any day of the week. Absolutely. I'll run through like, a fucking wall for that guy. I would love to have like <laughs> to, to somehow pocket that energy, not that it could and be let, pocketed. And let me let me touch on one other thing too. To your sure. point, when the Ewan Kulaba fight was over. 
that man was the first man to run over and give us all hugs and say, what a fight. That was awesome. So you could tell that he is just not only a big fan of the sport, he's a big fan of his son. And you can't fault a guy who has that sort of level of enthusiasm and passion for the game. Obviously understands competing. 100%. And then the sportsmanship behind it right when the fight was over. Hugs, kisses. Hey, great job, fellas. You know, like he was all about it. That's what's up. And, yeah, we're not trying to uh, psychoanalyze here, though I will say – because uh, just because people have said it's just like the, the, the exact note you touched on, which is like, I almost feel like he doesn't. I, is he is it a is he is he tough as nails or how much of it does he do not want to maybe disappoint his dad? And I kind of had this flashback like you imagine playing sports with Devin Clark as a kid, like all his friends must be like, Devin, can you please cover your position today? We don't need we that don't need you to that. Know, <laughs> like, like that, please cover your position for sure, bro, for sure. <laughs> What a savage. Like, he, he rushed the field last week, David. I mean, Devin, I mean, like, we don't need that, man. This is this is a junior league. Yep. So we got Priscilla Cashuay to cash. I'm, I'm bummed I didn't jump on this one. Even after the Lifke sickness, I was like, I'm just going to stay with my pick. I'm yeah. staying away from this fight anyways. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? There was some gold there if you wanted to take the female underdog shot, yep. which has been cashing a lot. Yeah, lately. and I, I shout out to my man Ian Parker. I tailed that because nice. of Ian. Ian's the man. Ian, I love Ian, Ian. Ian said, hey, bro, I'm on this, and this is what I like, and here's why. And, you know, he's, an, he's another guy that Smart I look man. to on, on a, on a weekly basis. And, you know, I, I listen to him and Brett's uh, breakdowns yep. of fights as well. And I, I think Ian's spot on with a lot of well, his stuff. Oh, I love Ian. He's yeah. one of the guys I, I talk to and just tell him, like, uh, I told him, you know, how much uh, ass he kicked over at Anakin Florence speaking of that podcast. And then I was yeah. happy for him to get picked up at ESPN. For sure. Me too. You know, uh, ironically, he was the reason why I started watching Anakin Florian. You know, yeah, was sure, was Ian sure. Parker and, and him and I have been friends for quite a while. So, sure. um, a lot of stuff when when it's great because here's the cool thing is I do my breakdowns for ESPN from the coaching role for, yeah. with Mark Raimondi yep. as yes, well right. as yep. uh, Brett Akimoto. Those are great. And then Ian is always the breakdown for the betting sides. So nice. you'll see an article with my analysis and Ian analysis on the same, and we won't communicate prior. But we'll have the same analysis for the better and the coach side. Very, very similar every time. I love that because there's people like obviously that I respect. So when I see that they're on the same side, I definitely feel a lot better or a for lot sure. less crazy depending right, about on what it, yeah. the take is. Right? I agree. Uh, and I felt crazy going for GM3, man, against Bruno Silva. I was ready to just pick Bruno as chalk, maybe play GM3s by sub, wish mm-hmm. him well. Uh, I love, love GM3. Not Again, just like with the Extreme Couture thing, you know, uh, uh, Gerald Mearshart, uh even not that it compares to being at a gym, but yeah, he follows me in Iraq a bit. is a very nice guy, but you know, it doesn't mean I can't pick against the guy, right? right. Professionally, uh, but in, in my heart, I'm always rooting for this dude. So it feels good to see him win from that perspective alone. And then, of course, to cash a sub ticket was me nice. too, man. And I tailed uh, another one, another Ian pick was uh, to start round two. And I liked his analysis on that. If if this slows down a little bit, a little wrestling, some exchanges there, and to start round two hit, and I, I sprinkled in uh, GM three by submission plus five hundred. Yep. You know, and we were able to get it out in round nice. three. I was like, holy shit, we're gonna get this. And he physically looked good. Was that again another camp that you, you respect? That's what I love is because you'll be very honest with your opinions. Uh, but they always come from a good place because I don't hear anybody that like praises other coaches that from a coach as right. much as you, man. You're you're yeah. really good about oh, that. Yeah. So I know you have a lot of respect. Uh, as far as far as Henry Hoof, so oh, that was a positive big brother. sign. Too. Yeah, for sure. You know, and I know Henry wasn't in the corner for that fight, but I know sure. uh, GM three went out there because he needed to get a change. He needed to change up in his sure. camp, and uh, those guys, you know, uh, op- uh, welcomed him with open arms. You know, he had uh, Bull Bully B, yeah, Bilal Muhammad yeah, out right. there. Bully B. Uh, Coach Stout was out there with them, and and I thought they did a wonderful job. And and, and the, you saw it right away in the game plan and the movement and the way that he was countering punches and using his southpaw. St- I mean, dude, oh. I, I, everything that he was doing. I 
I thought was spot on and great. I, I love it too, especially as a, I was joking with my audience, like as an older Southpaw myself, uh, as I'm getting closer to compete, I was, I was warning my audience, my bias may come out more, but I'm still going to show my work if I pick or bet something, of course, but I'm just admitting my bias for my own sake. Um, so you know, I can't help but look at these guys, right? Like a, a non-athletic guy, but still gets it done. That's definitely some things that I need to look at as a non-athletic uh, Southpaw, right? And something you were talking about earlier with Cheeto as far as throwing a punch and super advanced stuff by the way throwing a punch and placing it to encourage head movement super advanced stuff gm3 was arguably doing a bit of that with mm-hmm. his circling circling something that i've been really trying to do especially after watching volkanovsky fight mm-hmm. um, circling with a jab making people uh, circle and not set their feet realizing how huge that is when someone's trying to swing hard at you especially yeah like and gm3 really took that to heart he was circling for that principle but uh also tagging him up with the jab because he had that head kick dual threat. Ready to go. And he kind of had him had him guessing. You, you, I'm sure you, you you picked up with that too. Yeah, and you know, a lot of times the, the, the lead hand side for a southpaw is very prevalent in what we call a corral. Mm-hmm. So, so if you're throwing a 1-3, really yeah. I'm trying to slide your shoulder. The hook is not necessarily to land. The hook is to guide your shoulder over so I yeah. can make a corral. The only threat you have to really, really watch out for is an open stance spin. So if I go 1-3 against an orthodox, well, I'm kind of turning into that spin zone mm-hmm. if you turn around and, and throw a back fist my direction, right? Sure. So when you understand what some of the consequences might be and it's in your head, then your, your, your eyesight and your vision is prepared for that. Okay, if he spins here, then I'm prepared. Yeah. I know all the weapons will be on the rear side. If I put my head to the lead side hip, I'm not going to get spun on, right? I yeah. can't get elbowed. Right. I can't get back fist. I can't get kicked, right. right? So when you start beating that lead shoulder side, there's a lot of things he can be set up out of that southpaw stance. Absolutely. I, I realized that today. I was kind of a bit mad at myself. I'm like, my first jab's not really landing. Am I, oh, well, I'm not really using it to land. I'm using it to set up either another jab and more offense coming forward or baiting their offense out and running them into a check. Exactly, and that's a great way to look at things, too. A lot of people feel like they have to land their punches to the face. That's wrong. Sometimes I, I'm throwing punches at the hand. Yeah. Why? You're occupying their hand space, yeah. right? So think about a conventional fighter, ortho, or ortho versus ortho. Sometimes you'll see guys just jab the rear hand to keep it busy. Yeah. Just to occupy the damn thing and say, look, man, if you're fighting a guy like Aaron Pico who's got a missile for an overhand, yeah. right, or Francis Ngannou, right, for a missile, keep that thing occupied and yeah. place the punches there. Now what you do is you eliminate one thing or slow that one thing down, which now gives them a weapon that you know that they'll throw. Okay, I occupied rear hand. Well, I'm going to tell him to throw yeah. left hook. Right, yeah. But I'm going to be ahead of that counter. I'm going to roll it or I'm going to fit in underneath it. Yeah. Right? So go here. Occupy, occupy, occupy. Throw that hook because I yeah. know it's coming next. Yeah, I, I love it. I also love people that are saying uh, GM3, best middleweight in the planet. Uh, now that uh, they're comparing, uh, they're, of course, doing the MMA math of Alex Bejeda versus Bruno Silva versus him versus Bruno Silva. And, of course, uh, you know, at, at least some people that I follow are already uh, – comfortable predicting Alex Pajeda over out of Sanya. That's another conversation yeah. for another day. So anyways, GM3. Wrestle, Sean Strickland. Yes, yeah. Another, All the game plan, yes, bud. Yeah, there we go, there we go. But uh, anyways, I'll, I'll, I'll gladly do that MMA math to give GM3 a, a pat on the back. Uh, Angela Hill defeated Lupita Gudinez. I'm glad I stayed away from the favorite here. Yeah. But I, I did not cash on this dog, but good for Angie, man. I, I love too. Angie. I didn't I, touch it at all. And, I, I'm and, happy for her. Yeah, but that fight like really transpired very quick, right? Like it was like a it week did. notice or something. It I did. didn't even know it was yeah, on the Yeah, it was weird and, conditions, and then she yeah. wasn't wrestling too, which was kind of weird. Yeah. Uh, you know, 
Um, uh, Martin Boudet defeated Lucas Bresky. A lot of issues from people I respect with this decision. Uh-huh. Um, even people that don't normally claim robbery saying robbery. Of course, I didn't watch it, so I'm not going to claim any of that. I didn't play it, so yep. I can't claim anything. Did you see this fight? Any I did. I watched it all, and I had uh, Brzezki. I hope I'm not, I'm not uh-huh. butchering his name. I had him winning rounds one and two on, respect, so on, on volume. Okay. Um, and again, we got in a little bit of a discussion about the, the, the judges at, uh, were, that were cage side and some things that they might, might favor. Mm-hmm. Um, the moment I saw Sal Diamato in the corner or, or judging – um, he tends to lean more towards damage and or power punches, right? Right. Now, the, the question at hand is how how much does a, a one damaging shot overtake 15 great strikes? Right. Right? Did right. he get dropped? Right. Did he get cut? Is there visible damage there? Absolutely. And I didn't see that in this fight. So um, I was on the bidet side as a better so you, you know, I got a little, got a little love there, but in my heart, I felt like um, Brzezinski won the fight. Mm-hmm. I felt like he won rounds one and two. So it is what it is. But right. my, my whole point in that tweet was not to bash Sal, sure, which sure. I've I've been on that side, so I have to sure. be honest. I've sure. bashed this guy before. Sure. But I, I what, what all I wanted to do was bring up a point to some of the people that watch that from a coach's perspective. When I get on the cage side, I look at all three judges. Absolutely. I want to see who is judging this fight because sometimes it'll give you an idea of what some of these judges tend to look for. Okay? So let's go back and let's be fair to Sal. Uh, Edson Barboza, Dan Ige. A lot of people had Edson Barboza winning that fight. Sure. Ige had more of the damage in some of the heavier shots in rounds two and three. Edson clearly won round one he right. dropped dan and beat up dan pretty good right. but if you take that same criteria and flip it in rounds two and three dan did the exact same thing and sal had dan winning that fight sure right so sure. in turn when when dan fought josh emmett josh emmett had that clear round one right right and Ige to me won round two and three on me, on volume me too i know i know i know there's bias there but yeah. I, I, i've made this argument and actually went through the, the pacings and it's one of those fights that at the very worst is way closer than what you remember or what you get from reading a result exactly way closer but then when you yeah. think about the way that that sal judges Trends. right and he looks at that the trend yeah josh emmett had the more wow like ooh, that sounded yes. heavier that sounded like it landed and it looked better but he was going to the body. He was going to the and, body. And there's something to that too, and that there's kind of a it's again, it's not a hard and fast rule. Obviously, judges are trained to give credit to body work. It's not exactly what I'm saying when I criticize it, but it's been one of those things for any of us watching MMA. It almost feels like it doesn't count sometimes. Mm. And a further experiment, and again, I'm not a big person on numbers, and there's a whole argument on that, right? But they are pretty uh, good for like a base level understanding when you're trying to get a grasp to see how far off you are from air quotes reality and one thing i noticed is that go any fight that's like a robbery contra to controversy anywhere mm. on that spectrum and the, go to the fighter that you think should have won i guarantee you the fighter that you think should have won probably went to the body more definitely went to the body more and probably even went to the legs more i agree man and that's just human nature it's not saying that, that, that it's not me piling on to the judges it's just something that i wish people would acknowledge that human nature you see headshots more so <laughs> You see, like, I, I, that's why I have, I have a very anti-criteria style. I like back foot, right. counters, body work. I have right. the worst style for judges because right. you really got to be clear in day, set yourself apart. And something I told, I was told by, I can't say the name, it wasn't Sal, but a high-level judge, which which I appreciated, is if 
you know, again, not everybody does, but he did say that this is a trapping that that can happen with judging or even with judges, is that when you have that trend, like like what, what you're saying with Sal, and again, it, it's actually in the criteria for, you know, uh, actual judging, immediate, yeah. immediate over cumulative. Right. And my problem with that is because everything, and don't get me wrong, we should want to work smarter, not harder, and we shouldn't purposely make jobs harder. Right. That being said, it's real easy to be like. Man, there's a lot of action in five minutes, which there is. It's hard to make a decision, which it is, folks. Uh, so it's a real easy out to give yourself and go, you know what? I think he landed the biggest shot of the round, so I'm going to give it to him. For sure. And I'm going to use that piece of criteria kind of out of context as my shield here. It's my right. only shield, but I'm going to I'm gonna run into battle with it. The danger of that is you discount the cumulative. And I and, and I use this visual dynamic, which, again, was was – was okayed by, by by a judge as far as the, the you know those carnival games Eric where you mm. shoot the water gun yeah and at the horse race like one pace right so you a jab a good jab to the head or to the body let's say it's one power shot clean to the head maybe three to five paces right, right? but those accumulatives are still being kept track correct you know that person still has you know uh, and and by this nature I believe it, it keeps that fair if you do some kind of system like that and you still want to say you know I still felt fighter a landed the more impactful stuff i'm going to give it to him cool as long as you kind of showed the work and didn't just say right fuck all you know as, yeah. as long as you're tracking that fairly and coming to your thing well, again I'm, we're, I'm cool we're, we're talking that. we're talking very subjectively sure. on on stuff. you know stuff and then you know if I, my memory serves me correctly it was he was it was 118 to 62 on total strikes yeah that's yeah. i mean that's pretty disparaging when you think yeah. about it right well, it's uh, almost yeah. doubled yeah Right, and even if those numbers are off, like I complain about a little bit here or there, that's still relatively almost double, no matter how the final number gets cut. That's big. Correct. So, yeah. at what point do you say this is effective striking versus okay, I landed ten jabs versus one power shot, sure, or I landed sure. ten strikes versus one power shot? Now, again, what did the power shot do? Did it sit him down? Did it wobble him? Did it did it did it stop or deter anything that was offensive coming? I didn't see any of that in that fight. Sure. Again, I was on the right, right. side of the yeah, decision. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's hard for me to complain, but we're sure. just talking hypothetically. Yeah. And and furthermore, for the listeners to understand, at least from my perspective as a coach, I look when I get Adelaide Bird in the corner as a sure. judge. Because I know Adelaide comes from the boxing background, sure. right? And this yep. is no knock that's on her. Fair. That's, that's, that's fair. fair. But that's I'm, fair. I'm telling you, I'm just trying to understand yeah. and get to know more of the judges scoring and the way they score and, and maybe a trend. So in the corner, and I'll give this live example, um, Roman Daldizi versus um, uh, Trevin Giles. Yeah. I knew that this was turning into a grappling affair yeah, sure. that was not going our direction because Giles was doing such a good job on the feet that I know Adelaide is going to score this fight towards Giles. Just those couple shots. Just those couple. For her. Exactly. Sure, so sure. so when you're having these 50-50 exchanges and you're looking for heel hooks, she's going, I don't really know what I'm looking right. at. Not, not that I don't know, but right. maybe she doesn't score it the same not way she would. Not a traditional like, back mount for four right, minutes of the round. Right, right. It a little more clear. And again, this sure. is not yeah, being absolutely. rude to any judge. I'm no. just saying I already know what she's going to be looking for. Get your ass right. back on the feet and let's go strike, outstrike this guy. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and again, not piling on as we put Sean here, but I will say with Sal D'Amato, it's like there's two things. It's A, we got to remember that he judges the most, so he's right. going to be in what seems dissension of his own peers, which I think is a, a fair criticism I know Annex brought up. But again, we got to remember he judges the most. And even though I don't want to pile on Sal and I make it a point not to, I also will be the first to say that I agree with him the least easily by far than any other judge. That's historically going way back to like uh, BJ Penn, John Fitch. Like I, 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 I've been at least anecdotally tracking a lot of these guys' scorecards yeah. and trends because he used to be 
a I think he's overcorrected because he used to be the uh, and this was a key for all judges so this is I'm not going to criticize Sal it was the environment overvalue the takedown but next fight uh, speed chess Nina Nunes defeated Cynthia Calvillo not much to say there um Gabriel Benitez defeated Charlie Ontiveros. I just had the under. That kind of went how I yeah. imagined. Uh, Tyson Nam defeated Ode Osborne. This one I felt good about because I actually went back to do the work, and Tyson Nam just destroys southpaws. He's like a little Hawaiian Tyron Woodley. For sure. You know, everybody's like, you could, everybody criticizes his volume, but you put a southpaw in front of him, he's going to ice him. Smokes him. You know? Uh, it was Woodley, say, say, say what you want about Woodley. That guy just could could beat southpaws. Yeah, you know? sure. Uh, so that was a nice catch. Quin, Quinlan, uh, Courted against him when Rodney James fought 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 him, and I just man that guy's got it. Whatever it is, I just is knew he's it, got it. Bro. Yeah, you know. and, good, good on him too for uh, you know he's a Vegas kid now, yeah. and, and yeah. he has uh, Mike Costa. He's got a great camp behind him. Nice. Um, and then man, the last one thing on Jason Witt, like this is two naked low kicks that have got him put yes. to sleep, man. Like yeah. he's got to change that in his game. Kicking in that punch and range yeah. naked like that with the hand. You just mentioned that chopping hand too. That note previous in the podcast. Yep. And lastly, but leastly, uh, Damone Blackshear defeated Yusuf Zlau. I didn't watch this one. No, no, no plays. Not much to say. All right, we're gonna go through uh, speed chess here. The main card. Eric's got to get to pro, so we're just gonna get through. Uh, Mainly the main card because that's all I really research, anyways. And uh, I'll let you guys know what I'm targeting as far as what my interest is for the prelims. Okay, so we've got um, UFC 278 here going down in Salt Lake City. Um, it's going to be headlined, of course, another rematch. It's like the year of the rematches, right. isn't it, Eric? Right. Uh, but we got, of course, uh, Leon Edwards challenging for the title, taking on Kamara Usman. Um, Man, I, again, for me, basically, I, I feel like from a betting perspective, I don't blame anybody taking the dog. I see people making an argument that, you know, especially with the hype that Usman, Usman has, the, that price even as high as it is, you could argue that that's worthy too if you want to throw something in. I personally have not played this fight. I don't think I'm going to play just from scanning the odds. There's, there's a lot of, uh, not to spoil alert or deflate folks, but I, I don't like a lot of the lines. Perhaps Eric has some different stuff, so you got two perspectives this week. I am picking the favorite. My breakdown is up. I am picking him by decision. What's your reads? Any feels? Any strong feels in this fight? I think if you play Usman, and that's my play too, and I'm with you on that regard. I think if you play Usman, it's Usman by decision. I mm -hmm. think you can get that chalk down a little bit on yep. that. And, and I think that this fight is going to be a lot closer than their first affair. So, um, And I hope it is. I want to see a little bit of that you know, 2-2 two -two going into round five. And I think when you look at the pedigree and – what Usman has as far as the wrestling base and the cardio and something that he can lean on if he's ever in um, hits any adversity is he can always go back to his wrestling, right? right? So I think the Usman by decision play is good. Or I go down the dog. I think you sprinkle dog. So it's dog or pass for me or Usman um, by decision I think is a good play. Yeah, it hasn't moved too much either at minus 120. That's where it opened. And minus 120 to me is playable chalk. I mean, anything under minus 150 depending on your – on your uh, on your you know on your tastes, right. you know, don't let me speak for you folks, but for me that's kind of my my rule as far as playable chalk that I like. We'll we'll talk about some more playable chalk uh, on this card because it's a lot of chalk. It feels the opposite of last week. We'll see how it ends up, but it feels that way. Um, as far as technical stuff, I'm going to be looking out for Edwards' body kicking uppercuts just because those are the shots from other southpaws that have troubled Usman. He seems durable as all, as all crap, but he has been looked like he's been hurt to the body on a couple occasions, right? Um, and uh, that, But the, here, he, ultimately why I couldn't pick Edwards was just because 
whether it's dropping the last rounds against a Cerrone who had the flu, um, mm. you know, over in Singapore, mm. or uh, he, you know, he he RDA had a had a decent fourth or fifth, I believe, uh, as well. Kind of let him back in there, and RDA actually took that fight on short notice. Um, Nate Diaz obviously not in the best shape, not in the best sorts of camp. Another kind of shortened camp, I believe, for that fight. He has the straight, he has that strong run at the end there. Mm. Um, the dude, and he said this himself. He just kind of loses track out there. I mean, I'm, I'm out there doing two or three minutes on an amateur level, and I'm having tr- I'm, I'm being reminded how hard it is just to focus on a basic amateur level. I can't imagine five five minute rounds at this top level with these kind of guys that are standing in front of Leon Edwards that he draws. Yeah. Very tough. So I'm not trying to criticize, but yeah. it is a pattern, though. For sure. And I think from a coaching element, um, you have to remind him that we want to win every second of the fight. Mm-hmm. We can't have one lapse of judgment for 25 minutes straight. Yeah. That it's, it is razor-sharp focus every step of the way. Right, yeah. and that I think is very important if you want to beat a guy of Kamaru Usman's caliber. You you cannot have one little lapse of judgment because if you do, yeah. you might get your lights put out like that. Right, and, and we're used to like, especially you know, uh, uh, speaking for myself here, it's like uh, we're used to people that maybe take some while to tune in, and they're a slow starter. Then once they tune in, they're good. But there's also the the, the uh, maybe the the inverse, the transverse. I'm not sure what the proper wordages but the opposite with Edwards where maybe you can check out late too so something to look for exactly so you got to make sure even if maybe maybe you're winning the first couple rounds yeah. right or maybe you're getting ahead right so it, it is that razor laser focus yeah. throughout the entire fight Absolutely. All right, co-main event time. We both like the favorite there, but again, I'm not. I, I, if you show me a Leon Edwards ticket, I'll be rooting for you. I mean, it's, I'm not. I won't be rooting against you in that that that, that aspect. But yeah, I, I agree. Decision is the way if you want to well, play the favorite. Let, let me let me ask you. What's your what's your? Give me your game plan for both guys. How do you feel Usman wins the fight? If you're on Usman's camp and corner, if you're on Edwards' side. Give me give me some ideas on your breakdowns. I basically think um, we're going to see more of this Trevor Whitman meld, and I think a lot of people were worried about we're going to get too much back foot. We're going to completely take away the pressure because that is one thing to consider. He was much more a dedicated pressure fighter when he fought Leon Edwards the first time, mm-hmm. whereas now not only do you have uh, the fundamental work with Hoof for, for for many years since then, but now you've got uh, Whitman, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to be curious as he play that mid range, looking for jabs, L steps, kind of willing to have the fight and if he does we've seen Kamaro kind of dig it out and dig it out late mm-hmm. as, as opposed to Leon who can check out um, but if I do see Leon winning I would see it um, one of two ways obviously not just you know fluke punch or anything like that like specifically the uppercuts the southpaw uppercuts from the lead uh, and he's got a good southpaw double attack so I, I do wonder if he focuses more on the body and if that if not just you know you shut down the liver or whatnot you can get a you know some crazy stoppage there but I do wonder if that can help him perhaps get to the ground because I think that Edwards is really underrated with his wrestling and styming I think he can stymie a lot ultimately I don't think he's as strong or as fundamentally sound of a wrestler as Usman so he's not going to stop it from there but I do wonder how much Usman's been working his ground so when you go back to watch their first fight he's working with uh, a guy we're both very familiar with him uh, you know uh, my former coach Neil Melanson there uh, and you really see like Kamaru would be a perfect guy for like a Neil as far as that mm-hmm. wrestling and and whatnot and you see some of those things there but 
you know, he's really uh, floated more toward his striking even before he made the jump from Sanford, right? Agreed. Um, so it's like, who's he really working with his ground? And he was he was working with Burns, but he separated. They started separating right, a right. while while ago. Yeah. You know, and then with the jumping around and the traveling, and and, and Whitman is mainly you know uh, focusing for striking. I wonder if Edwards could because he, we've seen him with guys like Gunnar Nelson just take the fight to them in their realm and outdo them there. Yeah. So if he can get past that strong barrier and mm-hmm. open things up, but again that. The, 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 cardio there's a lot of things that have to happen for that not enough for me to pick well that, that it's a thing here too and i think it's not it's not a matter of fact or a matter of knowledge on my part it's just a question i think you have to uh, bring up if you are looking at this usman side where you go okay has he been training as seriously right yeah. not saying he has right, or hasn't right, right he's you know he's, he's a bit of a celebrity now He's doing movies, doing all these things. So if you're on the Leon side and you're on the Leon camp, I think those are the kind of things you want to ask yourself and sure. question. Like, okay, maybe we can catch him in a GSP, Matt, Sarah. Kane Verdum, we are just Kane talking Verdum, about that, right? Right, yeah. uh, Amanda and Pena won. Like, m- maybe you can catch him on an off night where maybe his focus wasn't where it needs to be in this fight. Sure. And if I'm, in the, if I'm in the Usman corner or the Usman camp, I want to get on his legs or on his body wrestling body lock snatch singles early mm-hmm. why i want to make him pummel yeah. i want to make him worry about the takedown even if my end game goal is not to take him down sure. i want to put it in his head yeah. that i want to take you down and i want to make you defend this takedown i want to make you frame i'm going to make you pummel when you have a good guy who can strike as well as leon edwards can fill those arms up full of blood man yeah. make him work there right yeah so i think i think that's going to be imperative for usman just to at least show the element of the wrestling and grappling early on in the fight and i sure. think it will set up his uh, striking later on all right usman by decision uh rock old minus 295 underdog and then minus 360 is uh the favorite for paulo costa so i ended up picking costa here um this is really this feels really tough it feels like a dog or pass spot for me uh, I don't want to tip your hand, but uh, is uh, is the betting interest the same as the analysis, or what, what do you? How do you see this one? So uh, I'm kind of in the same boat as you. I think if you go with the Costa route, then I think you got to go off a prop. I think maybe Costa inside the distance, right? That's mm. probably the thing that would be the most relevant. I think the yeah. most uh, realistic is is Paulo Costa by knockout, something like that, right? But I think Luke Rockhold actually has more paths to victory if he fights this fight smart. And some of the things that tipped off to me that made me that were kind of interesting was his analysis, Luke's analysis of the way Izzy beat um, Costa, right? Use his length, use his rhythm, offbeat on the angles on the sides, attack the calf kick, do some really smart things. But yeah. the one thing that Rockhold really has that is very underrated in his game is his grappling, man. He is one of the best, slickest grapplers in the sport. And it kind of reminds me of the Martin Campman, where Martin Campman was always known for his striking. Martin's ground game was super, super good, man, and very undervalued, right? MMA wrestling. Right? And I think Rockholt has that that pedigree where if he wanted to take this fight to the floor, that might cause a lot of problems for Costa. A lot of problems, especially with Luke's length and his range, getting on those Darces, Anaconda chokes, get on the neck. Things like that. I think that you can wear out a guy that has that big frame, big power puncher. Get your wrestling involved. I I I I, I hear you, and I like that too. I, it's just it's just so weird because I think we saw him with Jan Blakovich that was up at 205. That was Jan pre-title, right? Oh yeah. So you kind of got to like take that sample size. 
And, you know, with the way he was talking and stuff, you know, you never know where someone's at with their career. I kind of like that he's been buckled down at the Rufka gym with, we mentioned Perillo again, a coach right. we both respect. Right. And, again, the boxing range, that's something he's got to fix, right, that retraction. Yeah. Of course, Perillo coached the guy who beat him, Bisping. Yep. And, and, and if you think about guys like Bisping, back to BJ Penn, Chris Cyborg, more relevant people like the Derns and Cheeto Veras, uh, what I like is you don't really see too much of a back foot from their their, their yeah. opponents. And I say that because, A, Luke Rockhold has had a tendency to get pushed back there because he's so comfortable training with so many wrestlers that if you looked at his stats for a while, he never really shot a lot of takedowns. Like, mm. how does Luke Rockhold strangle all these guys? It was always kind of in the scramble of a fight. Yeah, or yeah. counter-wrestling. His counter-wrestling yep. is good, which, which again, I, I understand that. So you kind of look at it look at it that way, but, but, but you know, what I like is that Perillo's guys, they don't really go off their back foot and fall because he gives them actual footwork. He yep. gives them like real, I mean, Perillo was a real boxer for people who don't know. And that guy, that guy will impart some real tools in there. And I hope that that, that, that the footwork really gets imparted into Luke, because if he goes toward the cage, that's Costa's kill zone. And then you're looking at that prop that Eric Man, talked about. I'm at telling that point. you, I, okay. If you go back and read my notes, Uriah Hall versus Paulo Costa, uh-huh. In red writing on the top of the page, do not put your back on the cage. Yes. Do not put your – this is in red writing to Uriah. Yeah. We win this fight on range, cage control, our jab, and guess what? I had Uriah do in in round one, sprinkle in a takedown. Yeah. When did you ever think Uriah Hall would shoot a fucking takedown? Yeah. Never. But what did it do? It made him worry about it. Alleviate some of that pressure too. Alleviate some of that pressure. Now in this sure. in this fight, and when again with Uriah, but because of Luke's weapons, Southpaw versus Orthodox, you should see a very busy back leg kick by Luke Rockhold. If I'm in that camp, yes, I'm saying use your left leg to occupy Costa's rear hand. Yeah, kick the shit out of it. I'm not even aiming for his head. I'm going to kick at his wrist. I want to kick and jam that hand over and over and over. And then guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to poke your kidney or your liver. Yeah. I'm going to poke that thing. I'm going to make it look like I'm throwing a head kick, and I'm going to round it out yeah. and poke you with that thing. Then I'm going to go inside low kick over and over and over. And guess what I'm going to do later? That question mark kick that we've all seen. We've all seen Luke throw that thing. Yep, Let it yeah, come up and over top, right? I know he does it with his lead side. And I know he can do it with his rear yep. side. But what you wanted to do is make it look as if we're going to come to the body and then and flick that flip thing right out. over top. Now, when you start kicking at the wrist, you're giving him an idea of where that kick placement is going to be. So occupy with the wrist, kick there about two or three times, and then guess what? You come upside. You come up to the fingertips. Yeah, bring that shin bone right yeah, above you that. Need, you don't need much with him. You don't need much, man. So I would love to see Luke Rockholt throw about 50 left kicks and place them in different places, areas on, on Costa's body in that first round. Collect your data. You want to look at where that rear elbow goes. Mm-hmm. Is it covering the body? Is it coming up yeah. too high? Is he skating off to this side, right? Yeah. Same sides, reloads, and add that left head kick, you know? And it encourages him to kick back with him, which is good because that ups the percentages of him falling down, a, a takedown, a scramble. 100%. You know, it, it pocket the right hand, and yeah, maybe they might collide traffic on kicks, but that's good because that'll, that'll create a, a scuffle, a, a stumble. That's a great point. And yeah. sometimes, too, when I know we get a mirror kicker, right, and we have a wrestler, I have a Max Roshkoff in my camp. Sure. Max, I want you to kick a guy 100 times. Because you know the ego 
in the fight comes out. Oh, he just kicked me hard. I'm going to kick him back. Yeah. Thank you. There's Boom. our take. Yeah, down, absolutely. Right? Yeah, yeah. The leg kick for a leg, leg kick, kick kind of a for deal. a leg kick. And that's the ironic part is I'm talking about the things and, and the positives with the Perillo, but there are some classic things that Luke does that actually would work great for this match, including, correct me if I'm wrong, but when you were cornering Hall against him, did he not rock him with a southpaw check hook when southpaw he shifted back? Hook. That was right there, too. And that, feeds, that feeds right off of counterbalance of the tactic you just said. 100%. You know, and yep. I think I think go and look at the trends of what you can pick up off of Costa utilize your best weapons and set the traps to get him there right yeah so what becomes important is your movement patterns to the cage not allowing the cage to only give you left or right lateral movements mm -hmm. but when you occupy center octagon especially if you're a southpaw you have half beats over to the 45 degree angle off of costa's lead side that sets up a lot of your stuff yeah right so i think it's important like you said earlier in the segment Make sure you keep your back off that fucking cage, yep, man. Yep, back off the cage. We we don't have to talk about any other fights, and I would be happy as long as we talk about this fight. But we have Jose Alda, who opened as a minus 170 favorite, now wow. in the neighborhood of plus 110 to plus 120, depending where you look. Marab Davalishvili, the man's a wild man. How do you not love Marab? Of course, he is minus 130. Uh, he originally opened as a dog. Money has came in on Marab. Where, where are you at on this fight? Uh, obviously, there's some betting angles and arguments, but I want to know what, what, what your analysis feel as far as just how you think it's going to shake out. Analysis-wise, you know, this is a pretty cut-and-dry classic striker versus grappler matchup. Yep. But what do you feel like in my in, – when I look at this matchup, I just got to lean towards Aldo. I really do. And, and again – Rob cross trains. He'll come into the gym. I only see him maybe during once or twice, maybe a spar. I think he does more of his stuff at Syndicate. I think he's got Ray Longo. Sure. There's a lot of like patchwork going right. on in the camp. Right. But he really has two pitches, right? It's like a two seamer and a cutter. Yeah. You kind of yeah. know what's coming with this guy. Yeah. My question to you what happens if Aldo shuts down two or three of those takedowns? I actually went back and what kind of leaned me this, this was kind of, and I hope it, it plays out like GM3 Bruno Silva because it's the exact same feeling. I'm ready to say goodbye to my my old guys who I love so dearly. Right. You know, we see the writing on the wall uh, and, and that narrative has played out in the betting line, right? So right. I'm not crazy. I'm not crazy for feeling that, but again, I got to do the work here. And when I actually get in there, Cody Stamen, a guy you're very familiar with. Yeah. That, I found that matchup to be particularly enlightening. Now, uh, you know, I'm not saying, you know, C C Cody's the next Aldo. No, no, no. I'm saying Cody can box really well. He goes mm -hmm. to the body. He counters. Mm -hmm. He can wrestle. He can counter-wrestle. He can defend. Um, there's a lot of Aldo that he does because he's so fundamentally sound, and Stamen does not get um, enough credit. And 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 that you go back and watch his fight with Marab, you see that. Mm -hmm. And I go, I remember picking Marab and not being surprised that he won, uh, but... I don't remember Cody doing this good. Wow, I don't know if he gets that much credit because he does better than – those rounds were, were closer than, 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 than the shutout that I agree. you might read. Yeah, and Cody had his moments in that fight. Absolutely. And Cody, I believe he's more durable, uh, more capable of pushing a more competitive pace than Aldo than at this point of their career, mm -hmm. uh, arguably more athletic than Aldo as a fret, right, mm -hmm. at this point of their career. Correct. Aldo's an athletic freak. He's just older, right? So it's no disrespect to either that statement. But when you look at that – one of Cody's things is for different reasons than Aldo, because again, I, I think he can push the pace, but for whatever reason, um, maybe it's because he's fighting tough guys. Cody, uh, you know, 
sometimes I, I, you, you, I just wanted to push the pace more, right? And whenever he did throw shots in that fight, he was hitting him to the body, to the head. He was countering. He was doing things that uh, Aldo kind of does in his sleep. And Aldo, for as uh, even though he's more worried than a Cody Stamen when it comes to energy, you, you kind of wouldn't know it because of his veteranness and, and the tools that that guy has. And again, it's yeah. no knock on Cody. Aldo, especially for us analyst geeks, I mean, he is like... A, toward if not the top of the mountain as far as I agree. technical guys and the fact that he's proving it down a division late in his career makes him that much greater a la Dom Cruz the fact that he's still fighting these guys right and I think he's looked brilliant brilliant his yes. last few times out yes um, you know he's he's definitely looked if he wins this fight I think he's next in line yeah I really do he, his performance against Rob Font was brilliant Cheeto Vera ages ages well now. I mean, now look at well. look at that fight, right? That age well. I mean, he went out and washed Cheeto Vera, right? So right. I think to me this this matchup really reminds me of Mendez Aldo 2.0. It really does. It's like, man, you got this Chad Mendez guy who's an accomplished grappler, he's a power puncher over the right side, you know, and 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 Aldo defended takedown after takedown, but it was the reshot of Mendez that kept coming around where you saw the disconnect off the body lock and the knee right back up the midline. You know, all those things to me, I think Aldo has the situational awareness and fight IQ yep. to not only stuff the takedown, but we call redirect it. Mm -hmm. Redirect it to, to a point where your belly button is going into a different direction, but I'm going in an opposite direction where I can counter you. If you are, are, are defending a takedown over and over and over, but you aren't making the man pay for it, then it's just like a kid putting his hand in the cookie jar. If he keeps coming back and putting his hand in the cookie jar, and you don't slap the shit out of him for yeah. doing it. He's gonna say, "I'll be right back." Yeah. See in see in ten. There's no repercussions for that, right? The other thing that kind of was alarming to me, if you're looking at the Aldo side for Marab or betting on on uh, Aldo, is Marab got hit quite a bit against um, Marlon Vera. Yeah. I mean, too. he was rocked yeah. and he was dropped. But man, this dude was a zombie and he yep. came back and he was able to get that win. We're talking two different classes of fighters. Absolutely. We're yeah. talking two different classes of fighters, man. Aldo knows how to get guys out of there. But also when to pace himself, too. And I went back to watch that, too. And I was looking at the the beats and stuff. And, yeah, just from technical to the way they're wired, um, where Marlon we've seen kind of have that drop-off. Hence, he's retired and has mm -hmm. his own issues. Uh, and then last thing, it's a three-round fight. I think that's huge. If it was a five-round fight, I probably would have maybe stuck with my Marab and been afraid and been rooting for Aldo if it was yeah. five. If he can't get But I think that Aldo actually can win a decision here. I just think he needs to not get kind of like 10 aided in round three, which was my breakdown with the Cheeto Vera fight. And he was, of course, able to get the back. So, yeah. folks, I put a, a unit uh, plus 120 on Aldo. That's my, um, that's one of my only bets. Uh, so far, but uh, I do like Aldo as a dog from a better perspective, and as an analyst, you're going to see it on my picks. Uh, yeah, I, I, it's hard for me to go against that as well, and I think Marab has done a great job. I like the kid. Yeah. I like his. Yeah, I sure, like his. I love him. You know, That's but we're, we're, you know, we have to be like you said, non-biased in this scenario. Sure. And I'm looking at the breakdowns. I think you're going to see a lot of anti-wrestling strikes out of Aldo. Right. And what I mean by that is things up the midline, right? Teeps, knees. Yes. Crosses to the body, throw the throw the cross to body the chest, shots, body right. shots, um, and remember, uppercuts also turn into underhooks. Yeah, right. So I think you're going to see a lot of those what we call anti wrestling strikes from Aldo, yeah. and 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 you're throwing those because you know Marab's going to set his head placement into one of those fit ins, and he's just going to walk into one of those things, right? Yeah. So um, yeah, I, th I think I think you can really go either way here, but I'm with you, man. If you're going to get Aldo a plus money. 
why not? Why not take it? When are you going to yeah. see Aldo at plus money sometimes against maybe the Pierre Dion's of the world? Let's go ahead and take that bet. It's done me well the last two times that. I felt like I've had those reads pretty well on those fights. Um, so uh, I'll definitely take it. Uh, Eric, I, I want to get you out of here in a few minutes here uh, for, 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 for class. So I just want to quickly get to my um, my next bet just because you're familiar with this guy, Tyson Pedro. Yeah. Uh, he's a minus 730 favorite, plus 530 Harry Hunsucker. Uh, real quickly, obviously, I no disrespect to Harry Hunsucker. Moving out of 205 seems like a nice guy. Uh, some fast hands. Uh, for heavyweight, uh, probably be just at home at, at light heavyweight, but uh, cut it short. I'm going to go with Pedro here. I actually took a flyer on him round one sub at, while it was still at 850. Yeah. Um, because even like his like by KO is juiced all to heck. And right. I don't even want to like, all, again, all these lines are, are juiced all, all to heck here. So I'm just going to take the, the, the flyer by sub. But uh, anything you want to share on Tyson Pedro? You yeah, work I with think, the guys, seen him come through at all? Yeah, I've seen him a few times come through. I think he comes from a great camp. His dad is in his corner. I think he's a city kickboxing guy as well. Yeah, he's um, working with them now. Yeah, yeah. you yeah. know, so I, I think I think this is exactly what you said. You know, I think it's Tyson Pedro inside the distance, and yep. maybe you can find something where it is by submission. He's showing the Kimura. Um, you know, look look at these fights that have re- aged very, very well by him. The Paul Craig win, the yeah. Kuro Roundtree sure. win. You know, he's had his hiccups here in, in, uh, as of late, so so much deserving time off. You know, the Ikeville and Aweva fight doesn't really hold a lot of water to me, mm-hmm. so you might be looking at a, a recency bias on the line when you see a, this this oh man he's gonna come out and steamroll this guy so to me i think that the 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 value on tyson pedro is is get him on that submission get him somewhere yep. inside the distance yeah. right um and again like i'll probably man, put inside the distance in like a round robin i don't know if i'll do round robin because even the props are so juiced round robin yeah. might be worth it but he'll be in my, my long shot parlay the inside the distance is that's chalked up whereas the actual plus money on the sub right small small i only put my normal point uh 17 you on that Hey, Eric, real quick, um, and just another guy that you know that we're on it. We're going to kind of skip down. I'm going to clean up with you guys uh, later. I want to let Eric go here, but he's very familiar with Jared Gordon, who's got Leo Santos. I'm looking at what Jared's round three is. I didn't research this fight, full disclosure. I am picking and leaning in the direction of Jared, who is open at plus 1,100 round three. Not bad. I, I usually like that plus 1,200, but that's close enough. I don't know. Maybe I'll take a stab at that. Any anything on that matchup? Any any thoughts? You know, again, like you, you have a guy in Jared Gordon and Santos who are very, very accomplished grapplers, man. And I think Jared's grappling game is very underrated. Yep. You know, when I, I was fortunate enough to corner him out in Abu Dhabi due to the COVID yeah, circumstances. I that, yeah. Um. So I was very familiar with Jared. We were good friends. And then when he ha- he had a scenario, he was like, Coach, I need you. Can you can you corner me? Sure. So you, we got very familiar that fight week, and then going to see his styles and the way that he um, basically his fight IQ, man, and, and look what he looks for in those grappling pass. Yeah. He has the same ideologies that we do at Extreme Couture. It's like, hey, we're looking to freaking cook you, yeah. right? We want to beat you to a point where you go, just take something. my neck yeah. here, give me the fuck out of here. And you're scoring in the process, and you're scoring yeah. in the proce- sure. process. And I, th- I think Santos has had his breaking points. Yes. I think we've seen him make some, some, some questionable judgments in the grappling where he might be going for an armbar, falling off the back, and then gives up the position, right? Yeah. Or he, he, he seems comfortable laying there on his back, playing the guard, and you see Grant Dawson beating the brakes off him from topside ground and pound. So I, I think to me, if, if you're looking at the two styles of grapplers, I think you're looking for a, a slick submission guy in, in Santos, and you're looking like a, like a juggernaut in Jared Gordon Grinder. trying to beat the beat, piss yeah. out of you and cook the clock yeah. like he did against Danny Chavez, yeah. right, in, in those fights. So um, the one thing that I want you guys to think about when you're betting this, look at the anatomy of Santos. Big, tall, long limbs. Jared Gordon, 
loves topside half guard, which we call here half mount, yeah, right? Randy Couture, yeah. Oh, yeah. half mount. So what does he want to do? He wants to sit on that knee line when you're in half guard, mm. kill the bottom leg, eliminate any of the guard play, sit on that limb, and be able to be inflict some some heavy topside ground and pound. Make him wrestle and tire himself if he wants to get anywhere. Man, and I, I really, really love this Jared Gordon play here, and I think, uh, you know, I, I like that Jared Gordon finish in round three. That makes a lot of sense, right? Yeah, I mean, maybe you could compound it with something else. If you like Jared Gordon enough to take him straight up in a parlay, this is just like an added bonus. Yeah. Or maybe you play him inside the distance if you're still getting a plus money. But then you put the flyer play for that big, you know, on, Man, that, on good, that big plus eleven hundred number. Good call. Jared Gordon's a guy that it, we don't, we don't, we don't think like he plays with his food too much. Like he's not. Ah, oh, I could get this guy out of here. Right. He's a guy that loves just to cook somebody and beat somebody to the point where you're like, oh man, I didn't just get knocked out. Right. You say right. I got caught. No, he's gonna try to beat you for 14 minutes and 58 seconds of the fight, love then finish you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Beat yeah. the shit out of you. Go. I love it. What else you got on here? I got a little time. I got, I got about another 10 minutes. So okay, okay. Uh, basically, uh, to finish out the main card, bouncing back up real quick. I actually watched some Dave on this because I have to, I have to write up the main card fights for uh -huh. Junkie. I ended up picking Pudalova over Wu. Um, she opened at you know too high, so money's come down. Now she's minus 120. I wouldn't play anything here though, unless like. You get like a crazy line flip. The only other two I was looking at, and I told you this, Eric, I was looking at uh, Orichi Lung, who is open at like minus 200 or so, 185, and he's down to like minus 130 to minus 150, depending on where you look. Um, he's a guy, a guy that's been undervalued and done well for me. Came through inside the distance on a, on a big uh, parlay last time he fought. Um, yeah, wow, he, he he opened at well, no, no, he opened at yeah, no, opened minus one eighty five, yeah. So you get a bit of a discount on him. I'm gonna be looking uh, at that for a potential chalk. Where is he? At? Jay Perrin, there it is. Mm. Yeah, he opened. Whoa, he opened at minus three hundred. Now he's down. Wow, so you're almost getting half the price on the guy. Wow, against Jay Perrin, who I I gotta go back and watch, but I just will kindly say I, I really wasn't impressed. I don't think he's as good of a wrestler as Cody Durden, which is what bailed Durden out in that fight. Yep. Um, and, 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 you know, no, 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 no disrespect there. Just uh, saying it was a much closer fight than you might realize, I think, for the in, in, in Orichi Lang's defense. So I'm going to be looking at that. And then the only other person I'm going to look at is Ang Lusa. Um, I don't know if I'm going to play him, but he's one of my only underdogs I'm picking. If you For those playing at home, um, I, 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 there's, there's maybe two or three underdogs I'll end up on total. Maybe Toutmaster I'll take more. But, uh, you know, for that alone, I got to look closer at Angelusa. Anything that jumps out of you on the prelims or the fights I just mentioned? Yeah, I'm kind of with you on, on the, the Perrin fight. Like, I just really wasn't in, impressed with his last outing. Um, you know, I, I just, you know, maybe is the matchup. I don't know. Is he, is this going to be at flyweight? Is he moving down? Or am I seeing something? He looks like a small uh, one thirty, yeah, bantamweight. Whereas Orichi Lang, he used to fight at flyweight, and I also think that was his problem. On what, if you look at his losses, they're all at flyweight, right? And the guy was killing himself to get down there. He's still, he's still um, durable as shit, yeah. Uh, but now he's at one thirty five, and in his last fight, he fought an actual one thirty five and looked bigger than him. So yeah. it looks like the guy is finally in his right weight class. Yeah, Cameron Elts is not a small one thirty five. And this guy looked way bigger than him. He can counterpunch. There's Mongolians also. They have a lot of underrated wrestling. A I lot agree. of them grow up wrestling. He actually came out and did a little time with us. I think um, it was like two weeks when he fought yeah. the, the Cody Durden fight. He was out here. Trained with Rich as well. I think. A yeah, bit as well. I think so. I think so. And then um, you know the, the Durden fight for him. I think that exactly was it. Was it was he just didn't really have the wrestling that he needed. But this this to me is is there's not an element of wrestling when I seen the parent fight. I think he's a, he's a natural Muay Thai guy or. Kid 
kickboxer. Yep. Um, you know, and, and just what I saw his last time out, uh, you know, I, I got to go with you on the on the what's the kid's name again? I'm gonna butcher. Yeah, it. it's hard. You can't look at it. Orichi Lang. If I look at it, it doesn't sound like how it's spelled, but that's that's how. It's yeah, I, I think that's a good play, and especially if you're gonna use that as maybe one of your pieces in your parlay. You know, and and, and it'll jump take on the value that. down. It'll take the value if it, down. If it stays low, I may just play him straight up. Yeah, you know, play Aldo straight up. You hope either the dog or the chalk hits. If not, in a perfect world, both there you hit. Go. And then I've got maybe a couple flyers. Maybe the Jared Gordon round three. Yeah. Uh, the Ty uh, the Tai Tyson Pedro. Uh, so by the way, Harry Hansucker also fought Tai Tuivasa and Justin Tafa. They all have that samurai Maori. Yeah. That guy must hate those yeah, guys. Dude, the, 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 he must it. hate us island boys at this point. He's like, not another one. Not another one. I'm actually looking forward to the Romanov and Tybura fight just because oh, yeah. of the heavyweights. Um, again, another prospect coming up through the heavyweight ranks. By the way, elevation, folks. We're at elevation here, and that one I was going to look at to maybe be, do like a cheeky like play on Tybura round three, but then I, I realized that, A, Romanov has been slowly been the shrinking man, getting in even better and better shape. So not, not the time to fade him, whereas Tabora coming off of a, a somewhat of a serious injury, not a lot of information on it. And Tabora can be hit or miss. He's kind of kind of, kind of uh, awkward out there. Like, I, I, he did me well against guys like Greg Hardy. You know, he, he's a great spot there. But for this, no, I'm sticking with my guy Romanoff and staying away betting-wise because everything's juiced. Yeah, and I think I, I think when you look at the, the, the level of talent that both of these guys have fought, uh-huh. um, you know, the, the Juan Espinino fight, remember, that was that – was, that was a very close fight until it turned into a technical yes. split decision. There was some yeah, some it, got, it got ugly. Yeah, it got ugly. There's some things there. The 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 Rock Mar- Martinez fight. You know, a kid out of Guam. Yeah, did, you know, it wasn't that that level of talent. I think you would love to see. Uh, Chase Sherman came out with a good good win his last time out. I thought he looked yep. good. You know, it, it, it's tough to be critical on him, but I think he was took on the on outs. Short notice too. Took it on, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, he literally was on the outs with the UFC and yeah. he was able to get back in. So I think when you look at the level of talent that Tabur has fought in, his resume much more proven. His, exactly. It's much more proven. His resume to me is a lot better. You know, that Walt Harris fight, Walt, you know, I was actually cornering Walt in that fight. Walt came out and rocked him. He did the right thing, was able to score his takedown and was able to get some mm-hmm. very good ground and pound. You know, the Greg Hardy fight, uh, you know, Ben Rothwell, the Machine Grisham fight, you know, Sergey Spivak, another guy who's up on the rise right now and right. is doing some great things. So I, I think to me the resume of Tabora versus Romanoff. I don't hate good, putting a little flyer, a little, 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 little sprinkle on Tybura sure. in this fight, man. Yeah, that, that's where my instincts were, too, because exactly the things um, you said. And Tabora is a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt. He's one of those few heavyweights that can actually take a back and stuff. Right. And I, that's why I took a shot against him against Derek Lewis back in the day when he fought him. Because I'm like, well, Derek Lewis will give the turn, but Derek Lewis will trap people because he'll... He'll turtle so hard, people will fall forward, right? And yeah. uh, it got 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 Tybora tired out a bit, but uh, no, man, yeah, I don't, I don't hate it. Maybe that's why I'm, I'm staying away. But, uh, but, but yeah, I just feel like that. I feel like he's better guy on top, and I don't know how many top positions he's gonna get on Romanov. If he does, though, you better hope you got a live bet in uh, yeah. before that happened. <laughs> I'm very excited to see Miranda Maverick again come yes. back. Um, she's been working with my man Elliot Marshall quite a bit. And man, I think looking better each time every, after that. that move. Looking better each time, you know. Mm-hmm. And you, you look back at I think her split decision loss to Macy Barber. Man, that was a very close fight, and I think you can argue that she won that fight. I'd have to go back and watch it. She but did, I, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think she, it was a yeah. very, very controversial split decision. That loss. was the closest I've I've come to saying robbery. The only reason why I didn't is because I bet on it, so right. it, it would look bad. But people that never say robbery say robbery for that fight. I will say that. So <laughs> when, when I look at this matchup and 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 and, yeah. and people that fit. 
like a puzzle piece in sure. your grappling game or your coaching lineage, your ideologies and the type of fighter that you are. Bro, I'm telling you, man, Elliot Marshall has been a wonderful fit for for Miranda Maverick in her in her maturation, I think, as a mixed martial artist. I, I love that. I think if you're going to go Miranda, I think you can definitely look at her by submission, yeah. maybe Miranda by uh, um, uh, decision, right? You can sprinkle yeah. a couple things in there if you want to try to get that juice down or make her uh, one of your focal points in your parlay. Yep, karate and wrestling is Shana Young's background, but uh, unfortunately for her, the karate shows through more than the wrestling. And I, hey, I, karate guy here, not shitting on him, just saying, yeah, it's what it is. It's yep, what it is. It right? is what it is. Um, but you know, I would like, I would like to see the wrestling more personally. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I try, I try to work on my wrestling, and I don't work on my karate, folks. <laughs> there's, a, there's a reason for that. Um, but yeah, I, I like Miranda Mavic as a parlay piece, perhaps with Jared Gordon and maybe someone else. Um, I don't know if I'm going to be getting too crazy on parlays, but this is the card that is kind of asking for it. I've obviously been more of a dog hunter recently, but I, I nothing I like better than a big winning is, is be able to just be a pro like you've been there, been there before, go into the next card and feel no pressure. I can maybe have you know just two or three bets here, small ones, and, and be okay with that and just have a disciplined night out. That's kind of where my head's at for this card. Um, but yeah, I don't mind that. Uh, of course, we, we talked about uh, I'm, I'm going to be looking closer to Angelusa over AJ Fletcher. I know he's been training over there at Sanford, Lusa. He's been showing – I know he's got losses, but he's showing improvements each time, mm. whereas Fletcher's a wild man, and yeah. which is fun to watch. Old Tim Crater guy. Yeah, yeah. Tim yeah. Oh, yeah. Crazy man Tim Crater. You better be a wild man if you're training under Tim Crater, man. Crazy man MMA. Yeah. Uh, crazy man Love MMA, MMA grappling there. Because yep. the, the guy that you know, loves all the positions, too, you can tell is AJ Fletcher, kid. Yep. He, he'll throw himself into all of them. Albazi. Good grappler. I, I gotta see if he's he's he he was he's worth that chalk price of minus four thirty five against Big Fig Francisco. Man, I I don't know if you want to play that. To me, I think there's a lot of value if you want to go, maybe um maybe Figueredo. It's just a small little flyer. Now I know Amir's been in and out of the gym. He's been training over Dewey Cooper, a guy who I love and respect. Right. Um, but you know, again, like where's the grappling coming from? And if figure if you're gonna go with Figueredo, you know, I, I if I remember correctly, he finished his fight via knee bar last time. Yeah, I mean, and and and. He's a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt himself, so this could easily be like a fight you just referenced, Dalid Zane Giles, where right. you got a a close a close ugly grappling match. And there it is, knee bar. Wow, look at that. Yep, there. Good good memory. Yeah. And that guy he knee barred uh, Daniel De Silva's on this card. Daniel Lacerda fights Victor Altamirano. I remember Daniel De Silva Lacerda kind of falling apart. I don't know if it was both gas to both and concentration mm. or one or the other. Mm. But the point is, when you're a lighter weight class guy and you're not be, you're not able to keep the concentration or the gas, that's it's a really bad sign. So for that alone, I'll go with a tough Victor Altamirano. Uh, and, uh, yeah, if you've been following at home, we kind of just loosely went through the whole card. I know we went through Fel Woodson versus Luis Saldana. I did not research this match. I'm going to lean toward Woodson. I suspect it'll be his range boxing versus Saldana. I believe is kick heavy. Uh, do you have a strong feeling about either of those two? Very rangy. I think both guys at 145. Yeah. Big, tall, long, uh, lucid guys. Battle of the tall dudes. Battle of the tall dudes. Um. When I watch Woodson, there's some couple things that I picked up from a coaching perspective that we like to do that we call trace steps, and he does it very, very well. Trace steps is when you let your um, your cross hand side allow you to flow into your um, switch stance side. Yeah. So okay. if you throw a long, hard right cross, let's say if you're out of orthodox to give the, the viewers something to look at, hard right cross, and the guy inherently always wants to get away from the power hand side. That right cross then will flow into your southpaw. We call it a trace step. So it's a one three and uh -huh. funnel you over into a southpaw cutoff choke point power. into the cage, into your power. And that's again we talked about earlier tonight. 
was today was, hey man, you have to be able to hit from both stances. Yeah. And by able to hit from both stances and stay fluid in those stances, you're able to set those traps. And when I watch Woodson, he's very flowy and in and out of both stances. Um, and I like what he's doing with the striking. Uh, you know, when when we had when he fought Juicy J, that was something we brought up with Julian was, hey, let's get on some of those grappling exchanges with him and see how he fares in those. And Juicy J was able to pull out a darts choke on him later on the that. round. You know, so. Yeah. Um, but I think Woodson's doing some great things. I, if I remember correctly, he does his camps with um, my man James Krause. If I, I was going to say, I was like, that sounds like a James Krause tactic that you're describing there. So yeah, that, like, that would yeah. make sense, you know? actually. Yeah, you know, you're right. You yep. got to see me and James on the pads, man. I have so much fun <laughs> when I, when James comes to town. I'll hold some pads for him here every once in a while. And just we get to exchange some, some back and forth. And I get to learn something. Man. And he sees something that I'm picking up on or vice versa. So, um, you know, credit to those guys and what they're doing out there at Glory MMA, man. Meeting of the minds. And credit to you, sir. This was this was fun. Uh I think we, we, we covered everything because, again, folks, I'll, I'll do a quick recap here um, before we, we, we get out. But, uh, Eric, before before I recap the uh, uh, the, the picks here, um, thank you, man. This was long overdue. This was on my bad, by the way, just because people know that I've only had, like, one top five podcast this whole year, which means I've only had to really book one guest, truly. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, but I was like, now that I'm trying to do more guests for the pay-per-views and yeah. YouTube, even though we're not on YouTube, I apologize, but this is well worth your time. we got Eric Nixick in the house. Um, thank you for coming on, man. man I, it's, I know it's, it's nothing pleasure, to you. It's dude. no sweat off your back yeah, ever. I, no, I'm, no. I'm the silly one here, but I just appreciate well, it. Well, man, you're, you, you know, you've my, you've been my boy for a long time. We shared a lot of blood, sweat, and tears on those mats together. You know, all the way back from the the early, early extreme couture yes. days. I mean, you're you're an OG in this in this gym. If I have to, I'll go in the database and pull up your uh, your your your, <laughs> your member card, your member ID card. I think I sent you that screenshot. A long time ago. I was ago. bummed out when I when I uh, when I went back. They're like, oh, we they, I guess you reset the system. I was proud. Yeah. I, I had like a low digit number. It was like three or four digits yep. only or whatever because yep. I was one of the yep. earlier OGs, people here. Man. Yeah, that's one crazy. Of the, one of the OGs. Missed so, my number. Um, and I think a lot of people don't really get to understand the growth and the maturation that you and I have get to see from one another. Very blessed. You know what I mean? Regard. You know, Very so lucky. so when you, when you talk about guys that are in the mail room. Right, we were yeah. the mailroom, yes. mailroom guys, you know, delivering the mail, and now all of a sudden we're CEOs of our of our company. And go to the year. <laughs> oh, we gotta vote. see the go to the year. Please, please vote. vote out there, but uh, vote for Pedro. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we we've got to see each other from the ground level, working yes. our way up and finding a niche in the sport. And, and not only that, man, celebrate that, celebrate each other's victories. And I yes. think that's important. A lot of people get jealous of what guys are doing or guys are doing, man. We are each other's biggest fans. Absolutely. We love what we're doing and, and, and praise your teammates and praise your fans and praise your friends and, and, and be in, in line with their goals as well and help push their narrative and you know retweet their podcasts, yep. retweet their things. And, and I think that's what's so important about what we do here at Extreme Couture is, man, we love one another, we care about each other, and we want to make sure that we're, we're supporting each other's goals, man. I'm so grateful to be healthy enough to finally start coming back to the gym on a personal. Of course, my listeners know this, yeah, uh, and I'm sure you know what I'm about to say before even sharing it. Just how important that is to have and be reminded of because I, I if someone myself who who is familiar, but easily not forgot, but just human nature. You're you're stuck. You know, before the pandemic, I was stuck working in my house too much, going right. crazy before this sure. shit started. For you know, sure. uh, so it, it it this has been a, just nothing but a beautiful reminder of that. So uh, we we all could take time to complain. I know that they leave us comments, likes, and reviews for this thing, but hit the thumbs up rather than the thumbs down. Support your friends rather than shit on someone, even if they deserve it. Like just just send it in a positive direction. I think Man. that's a great great message there. It, I'll tell you what, I get. There's, it's so nice when your inbox or your request messages and Instagram is somebody that sends you something positive 
And those are the guys that I'm going to spend a second or two to write back and say, hey, thank you for taking the time to write something yeah. supportive. Because more often than not, it's some profile picture that doesn't even exist. You sure? Zero followers, zero posts. And they're just talking shit and yeah. saying something just to get get something out of you, right? But remember, when you get things at a, at a positive, positive is, is, a, is, a, is a times three, right? A negative, one negative is a times ten. Yeah. So if you get something that's three positives you're at a nine, you get one negative, you get a 10. Yeah. It always overtakes. Yeah. But you forget about the three positive things that you were told by people that love and care about you, but your, your mind always shifts over to the negative. Yep. Right? So, hey, it is the name of the game. This is the way the society is this day and age, but don't forget to focus on the positive things around you and support one another, man. Great message to get out on. Just want to give some quick shouts. Tony Satori, Mark F., I hope your treatment is going well. So, you know, we are all in your your, your corner, man. Uh, Ed G., good to see you back. Rob G., thank you for the love and support, speaking of which, of this podcast. MixedMarshallAnalyst.com if you want to support. Uh, on it, Amazon click-throughs, as well as a secure PayPal link donation you can find at DanTomMMA on Twitter. While you're on Twitter, also you can find Eric at Eric with a C underscore XC MMA. He's really active on Instagram. That's where you can really find some real funny stuff like him <laughs> in the videos of Puna that had me fucking howling. Oh, you have me fucking howling with that. <laughs> so uh, make sure you follow Eric on Instagram as well. Recapping, uh, taking Usman, I believe we, 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 we both are. But again, bets aren't picks. So uh, I'll recap what I'm looking at for bets out here. So don't get too excited. I'm taking Costa over Rockhold. But we I think we did a really good breakdown on why you're not crazy if you want to take a shot. To your money, folks, uh, definitely feels like a dog or pass, even though I'm not on the dog. Uh, I am on the dog of Jose Aldo, taking him, both picking and playing him. I'll recap the play in a second over Marab Devalishvili. Love Marab, but, you know, just 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 taking taking my guy, Jose. Uh, Harry Hunsucker, not taking him, taking Tyson Pedro. Uh, I'll tell you the angle again. I'll repeat that here in a second. Also, to staying in the theme of favorites, albeit a slight favorite, money's getting tighter on this favorite, but Lucy... Uh, Puddle of love for the old school listeners. Uh, Pujalova, if you want to be proper and actually pronounce her name the right way, uh, over Yunnan Wu or Wu Yunnan, if you want to pronounce that name the right way. Uh, Alexander Romanov, I'm taking him over Marcin Tibur Tabura, but I didn't play Romanov for a reason because, again, it just feels like another sneaky dog. And there are some good prices if you want to take any sneaky suspicions. Taking Jared Gordon may have him in a parlay, may play him inside. Definitely going to scout out that round three. Uh, I know Eric didn't hate that one mm. either, as well, from the bettings to the actual analysis on the side I'm not super strong opinions but uh I don't know if Eric uh, loosely picked Woodson I, I lo- I'm loosely picking Woodson for example no no strong thing no no disrespect to Saldana just didn't research that one too much Maverick I feel good about just from knowing these two uh, recently researching both ladies uh, she's definitely a uh, parlay, uh, parlay possible piece there. Uh, I'm looking at Lusa, but I still may end up on Fletcher. So again, at Dan Tom MMA, I post all my picks and plays on Fight Day. Apologies for posting them like with a small window. Of course, I have like a record week, so hopefully you guys jumped on. It's the same place every week. Uh, taking Amir Albazi tentatively over Big Fig, but that just feels like you're asking for it. Again, similar to lower weight female fights, lower weight male fights. Although they have knockout power, you shouldn't underestimate, folks. That being said, a lot of action, hard to judge. 
judge in these judges' defense. So, you know, the dogs are a bit live there. Taking Altamirano over Daniel De Silva or Daniel Lacierda, however it is coming up. And I'm taking Orichi Lang, the Mongolian murderer, over Jay Perrin. Uh, maybe playing that too, so keep an eye out. Maybe playing that one. Maybe playing uh, Gordon round three, like I said. Uh, I already sprinkled small point one seven u on Pedro submission round one plus 850. Shout out to my guy Brazchuk for telling me that number before it got down to plus 600 where it's at a at recording. And I put one unit, uh, Jose Aldo, plus 120 for one unit. Those are my only bets, keeping it small. I'm going to try to keep it small, but again, any long shots, any fun stuff, I will always post at Dan Tom MMA. Any words before I get out of here, Eric? No, I love it, man. It's been great to do this. I, you know, Like I said, love your analysis on these fights. Not only do I love the betting analysis, I love your breakdowns, man. I love what you're seeing in the fight game, and uh, I think you're one of the best in the game that's doing it right now. Thank you, man. Again, it's just a blessing to be able to do it and to do it alongside other people who came up from that proverbial mailroom as I keep uh-huh. learning lessons from people like you, people who have been in the game longer than us, as we both are always respectful with our ears, too. So keep your ears to the grindstone. Never be afraid to learn. And always protect your name.